0: Welcome to Home of the Brave. I'm Scott Carrier. I'd like to apologize for being so slow producing a new story, or at least an update about what I'm working on. I've been in Texas, a place called Texas. A few weeks ago, the manager of Marfa Public Radio, Elise Peppel, asked me to come down to Marfa to produce a story. She said I could do whatever I was interested in. So I looked at a map and saw that Marfa is close to the border the U.S.-Mexico border. All the way across the southern edge of Texas, the border is a river, the Rio Grande. Part of the river, where it takes a big bend to the north, is Big Bend National Park, also just south of Marfa. I looked at the map and wondered what people down there think about Trump's plan to build a wall along the river and through a national park. So. I drove down and spent six or seven days talking to people on both sides of the river about the wall. Now I'm back in Salt Lake City working on the story, but it's not done yet, and I wanted to tell you at least what I'm working on. This is what it sounds like along the Rio Grande at night in Big Bend National Park, a place so remote jet planes don't even fly over it. Down there, you can see every star, and in case you're wondering, the Milky Way hasn't gone away. I saw it every night camping out, usually in the Cottonwood Campground downstream from where the river runs through a very high and narrow canyon named after Santa Elena, the Roman Emperor Constantine's mother who found the cross upon which Jesus died. She saw where it was in a dream. Along this stretch of river, there are no biting bugs or scorpions. In the morning, I'd go for a walk with my dog, looking across the desert floor to treeless mountains, 40 to 80 miles in the distance, in every direction, the Rio Grande snaking through the center of things, more a connection than a division. But the Chihuahuan desert, while it may be beautiful to look at from a distance, is actually quite brutal and mean, close up and personal. It was hard for me to walk 50 yards without being stabbed by a plant, prickly pear cactus, yucca, ocatillo which is this horrible plant that grows long spears studded with spikes along the shaft. And by noon, the temperature, even in March, was 100 degrees Someone who comes into the United States illegally by crossing the Rio Grande in the Big Bend sector still has to walk 60 to 80 miles north across this desert to get beyond the checkpoints of the Border Patrol, walking at night, getting stabbed by the plants, carrying water and food, running out of water and food, getting lost. I know a former marijuana smuggler who did it on horseback in seven days, traveling at night, and said it was ridiculously difficult. For someone on foot, it seems impossible, and yet some do make it across this way, a few. I bet more die trying, but there's no way to know how many bodies there are out there or along the 2,000 miles of border just like it. From day one of his campaign, Donald Trump promised to build a wall along the border to stop illegal aliens from coming into our country to rape and murder people. It turned out to be a very popular idea. Lots of people voted for Trump for this promise alone, even though it's based on a lie, a myth. It is true that sometimes people who are here illegally rape and kill US citizens. Violent crime happens every day in America, and sometimes the perpetrators are here illegally. But pretty much every study that's ever been done on this subject shows that people who are here illegally are much less likely to commit violent crimes than people who are born here. In other words, we should, rationally, be more afraid of ourselves than others. Or, if we really wanted to make America less violent, we'd deport U.S. citizens and let more people come into the country illegally. There is the argument that people who come into the country illegally take good-paying jobs from U.S. citizens, and this is true, sometimes. For example, a construction crew of undocumented workers is paid a fraction of what U.S. citizens would demand. But why not blame the employers? Why not fine employers $1,000 an hour for every undocumented worker they hire? The people who profit from illegal immigration are the wealthy and upper-middle class. Why not punish them? The wall is a myth about the fear of others, and this fear runs deep in our genes. Think of when you were in high school. I bet your biggest rival was a high school closest to yours. When I was in school, we were the Rams, and the people at this school two miles down the road were the Panthers. And we were sure they were bad people not to be trusted, and we might have to fight them, when actually we were the same socially, economically, ethnically, the same kinds of kids. But they cut their hair in a slightly different style and wore their polo shirts with the collars up. We hated that. In fact, I still hate that. When I was in college, I studied anthropology and read a bunch of ethnographies, scientific descriptions of other cultures, usually hunting and gathering cultures that were disappearing. The hunting and gathering way of life accounts for something like 98% of our history as a species, but now it's nearly extinct on the planet. Often in these ethnographies, the anthropologist would ask the people he or she was studying, what do you call your tribe? What do you call yourselves? And often the people would say, we're the human beings. We're the people the anthropologist would say, then what do you call the people over the hill, in the next valley? And the people would say, they are not quite human. They're part witch, a part ghost, not to be trusted. Going back even deeper in our evolution, there's a video of chimpanzees along the Gombe River in Tanzania, a gang of male chimps patrolling the border of their territory. They catch an intruder and tear it limb from limb, and then they eat it. The intruder was from the next band over in the jungle, a group that had recently split off from the original band, maybe part of the same family. I think the fear of others is about identity, self-identity. We draw borders in order to define who we are. We're the people who live here in America. We're the good guys and they're the bad guys. This is the land of the free and home of the brave, and we're entitled to the land because God wants us to have it. He blesses our nation above all others. But in reality, we stole the land and killed the people who used to live here. In reality, we're all illegal aliens, except for the natives. Our identity as a nation is built on a lie, and maybe our own identity as individuals is also built on a lie or series of lies. Maybe deep down, we don't really know who we are or why we're here. And we project this fear onto others, those bad people with the upturned collars or darker skin. Maybe our fear of others comes from our own existential dread. Or maybe I'm wrong, but this is how I'm looking at Trump's wall so far. I have a bunch of interviews with people who have other ideas And I'm working on this story, maybe two or three episodes, which I hope to have done soon. I'd like to thank the people who donated $100 or more in the past couple of months. $100 is a lot of money to give to a podcast, and I'm kind of floored every time it happens. So here are the names of the people who put me on the floor. Thank you very much to Martha Rieger, Derek Horton, Margaret Orwig, Amanda Theobald, Michael Barnett, Jennifer Stoloff, Brando Baron, Gary Yost, Jade Whiting, Jennifer Ayala, Joseph Andrade, Frog and Toad, Bridget Kingsbury, Jeff Lorenzini, Vasily Mahescu, Robert Kirkpatrick, Susan Crozy, Cynthia Parson, Simon McPartland, Randall Sena, Eric Jorgensen, Wynn Cooper, Winter Goble, Ian Wilson, Dan Sullivan, Allison Bowers, Laura Denise White, Sabarte Henryson, Susan Anthony, Jonathan Scott, David Wirth, Derek Etkin, Seth Glassman, Mr. K. Anderson, R. Evolution, Ryan McDermott, Natalie Casey, Tim Burner, Ivy Cooper, Spencer Jenkins, Christopher Luciano, Rebecca Bloom, Peter Clowney, Ronald Swartz, Peter Schleicher, Craig Parkin, Cody Dublanica, and Aaron Kroskopf. I appreciate everybody's donation, regardless of the amount. Lots of people donate a dollar or four dollars a month, and it really adds up. I live on it. I travel on it. This morning, I was up in the foothills above the Salt Lake Valley. Lots of snow still on the mountains, the trees in the city turning green. Such a beautiful place to live, and I thought, I wouldn't be here. I don't know where I'd be if not for my listeners. I owe you a lot. Thanks to Elise Peppel and Marfa Public Radio for inviting me down to Marfa and putting me up while I was there. This is a hard-working Marfa mockingbird outside my window at night. While I was there, Simone Ruby fed me breakfast at her coffee shop, Do Your Thing. Very nice place. The whole town was an excellent host. My dog wants to thank the rabbits she chased through the Martha streets at night in vain. And I want to tell this mockingbird, you're crazy. You're a crazy bird. Check out our website, homebrave.com, for photos of the river and Big Bend National Park. And again, I'm sorry I'm so slow. Thanks for listening.